What is up guys, Nanman here, and we've got another episode of Modern Meta Breakdown. This time we're going to be showing off Urza, and the Urza deck has changed quite a bit since it's come out, so I've got kind of three decks to show you today, and we're going to talk a little bit about why it's changed, how it's kind of uh, tweaked over the coming months or last couple months since it's kind of popped up. I did a previous episode that kind of talked about how uh, Modern Horizons had a major effect on the modern meta. If you guys haven't seen that video, check it out. You can see up in the corner, there's a little notification thing that lets you know about it. You guys can check that out if you'd like. Um, but let's talk about Urza today. That's the whole point, right? Let's talk about some crazy artifact stuff. So again, I got four decks to, or three decks for this episode to be able to talk about today. This is the one that when Urza first came out, the this is kind of the one people tried. Uh, the Urza deck kind of was created off of the shell of older versions of Lantern Control. Um, now you don't need Lantern, you don't need the all the mill cards and stuff like that that go along with it, uh, but it took some of the stronger pieces um, that went along with it, uh, namely like the pithing needles in here. Um, it was able to get spell bombs and snaring bridge. Um, you know, these are kind of the flex spots we'll talk about a little bit later, but it took these ideas um, like the spell bombs and it's like, okay, these are good artifact cards that I can hate things out how else can I build around this? What else can I do? Well, there's this sort of meat combo that exists. So how can I adjust to make that work? Well, let's talk a little bit about the main creatures that are in this deck, shall we? All right, so here's the two main ones for this list, um, which is kind of the older list, newer, yeah, the most, the one that most people should be familiar with, the older version of this. Um, so Urza, of course, is right there. Actually, here, we'll hide our artifacts for now so we can just talk mainly about Ursa okay because that's the main one and my cat is ready to leave it's like let me out I don't want to be in here anymore so Urza um, when it enters the battlefield it gets to be able to create a golem power and toughness is equal to the number of artifacts you control pretty good but the other text that makes it so important is that middle text tap an untapped artifact you control and you get to add a blue mana to your mana pool Seems pretty good. And then you can pay five, shuffle your library, and exile the top card. You can play it uh, without paying its mana cost. That also can be relevant in certain grindier later stages, but the uh, middle one is really important. Um, because now that you have access to that uh, sort of meat combo, right, you can be able to tap your sword for a blue mana, sack it to the Thopter Foundry, and go infinite, gain infinite life, make infinite Thopters. The way that it helps it out enables it is our second creature here um, the goblin engineer you know enters the battlefield you can search your library for an artifact put it into your graveyard so you can throw that sword into your graveyard already because sort of meek for those that have forgotten whenever a 1-1 creature comes into play under your control you can return it from your graveyard and attach it to that creature so you can just be like all right i'm gonna find my sword throw that in my graveyard and i can be able to combo off essentially you also have that additional sack uh outlet from goblin engineer um, because you can sack an artifact and return target artifact with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield so if you already have the sword well hey i can be able to get the second piece get my Thopter Foundry and just return it next turn. So really, really powerful in that regard. Um, these decks are designed around that kind of word invention as well. 
um, being able to help tutor up. So Goblin Engineer were really helping for that tutor route. For those that are forgetful, don't know what Word does, it's basically like our tutor effect, but only for artifacts. So if you're familiar with um, Court of Calling, that finds creatures, does the same kind of concept, but it's for artifacts. So three blue, and then it's got X. You can improvise or convoke. Same difference, really, but you can't attack creatures this time. Only artifacts. When a deck's full of artifacts, very easy to cast, and you get to search your library for something. So it's got that tutor um, ability with it, but again, it's all about that kind of sort of meek Thopter Foundry, and that's kind of the way that this deck was designed of, I'm going to try everything I can to get to my three-card combo, essentially. Urza, Thopter, Sword. That's it. That's all I need. My deck is designed around getting those three pieces online and being able to get infinite life, get infinite creatures, and be able to just kill somebody. So that's the way that this one was designed. A lot of people have been tweaking and adjusting it. They've added in certain cards. Your Wellspring has been in here. It's just kind of more draw engine. Uh, you've got a lot of stuff that costs zero and one in here. Misha Bobble again. Hey, it's an artifact, so you can tap it for mana off of Urza. You can draw cards. You can see what's going on. Um, you know, Dampening Sphere can mess with people that are trying to do more stuff than you. Limits the number of cards that can be played unless you're paying more mana. Limits against, like, Tron, stuff like that. Star is a really good one just because of the fact that when it is put into the graveyard, you get to draw a card. So by being able to sack it with something like Thopter Foundry with Goblin Engineer, you have a way to just keep drawing more cards. Um, you've got kind of a little bit of uh, mana fixing, Mox Opal, um, Akram's Astrolabe here. So, like, these abilities to help get more mana. Um, you know, we've got your Welding Jar, some protection in here with Galv Blast, being able to destroy a creature, Graveyard Hate. You know, it's basically a nice, well-rounded combo deck where you need just a three-card combo. So, not spending as much time going into too much detail because, again, this is kind of the oldest version of the, the list. It still exists, still is taking place, as you can see where this list is from. Um, this is from the open on 10-12, so it still is a relevant list. But we're going to keep piling through because we've got two more decks to talk about that are still Urza lists. So let's kind of hop over and talk about a newer version that's similar to this. So going kind of the Sultai route, um, I have Mystic Forge up here. But this time we're getting rid of our Engineer, or Artifacer, I mean. Goblin Engineer, yeah. Artificer. He's not an Artificer. Urza's our Artificer. Alright, so we've gotten rid of him. We've only got one creature now. We're still going for our combo, right? We're still going to be sitting here. We've got our Whir. We're reduced the numbers now. Drop down to two. That's fine. Uh, still on our Sword and Thopter. We do have extra ways to get mana with Pentad Prism now. Um, we're also adding in that Mystic Forge. So other ways to be able to kind of get cards. Um, you can look at your top card anytime. You can cast it um, if it's an artifact or a colorless non-land. And then you can also pay one and just exile your top card. So it's that cycling ability. A lot of your stuff is cheap. Uh, you know, again, we've got our stars in here. Um, Pentad Prism. We've got ways to kind of get things out. Still with that Pithing Needle. Uh, but also some draw spells, thought cast, and serum in this list. But the biggest draw for this style is that you're running our newest planeswalker. So let's talk about Oka for a minute, our Thief of Crowns here. So if you've been playing standard, you should be familiar with him, but now this guy's showing up in modern. Turns out three cost planeswalkers, pretty good. So I'm highlighting him in here because some lists are going to start trying this route. 
um, if they're more focused on the sort of meat combo, um, this is the way to go about it by having basically an answer in sort of mirror matchups. The minus ability is pretty good here. Um, we're not so worried about the minus because the exchanging stuff, eh, that's cool and all, but really we're focused on the plusing abilities. Plus two, create a food token. As you can see, our food token is also an artifact. So you could tap it with Urza and just keep generating a bunch of mana. Uh, the other one is that plus one target artifact or creature loses all of its abilities and becomes an elk with base power and toughness three, three. So if you're in that mirror matchup and you're facing down an Urza, well, guess what? Now they have a 3-3 Elk. Hope they can do a lot with that. So having that ability to kind of manipulate the board like that is really, really powerful. So I'm going to see, expect a few more lists to be going this route. Um, the four-color list that we showed before was also running Oka, but in the sideboard. So it does have access to it. It is something that is going to start showing up more. I think it is making a lot of sense to keep it in the main board for this particular style of play. Um, but yeah, I did want to highlight those sort of routes. Again, it's all about sort of meek with these sort of combos here. So let's talk about the newest version though, because this is basically a sort of meek Urza combo. And now a new list has slowly been tweaking up, building up, building up, uh, on magic online and adjusting going, okay, I feel like we can break this more. I feel like we can just push this to the limit and find another way to kind of explode. So let's take a look at our last list, the Ascendancy list. Okay, so we've got some new creatures here, new ones. Let's get rid of these guys. We don't, we don't need these anymore. We're, we're done with our food. We don't, we don't even need this anymore, right? We don't even need this. And you know what? We don't even need that. We'll just keep him up here, but we've got some new guys. All right, so our Lurker of the Lodge. So Emery here, our Merfolk Wizard. It's one, two, costs three, but this spell costs one less to cast for each artifact you control. So really you can just cast it for one. It's really, you should be casting it for one. No, you really should. Um, enters the battlefield, put top four cards into your library or from your library into your graveyard. You can also be able to tap it, put target artifact card from your graveyard. Uh, and be able to cast it this turn. So you can be like, oh, sweet, I've got all these zero-cost stuff. I can be able to cast something for free, essentially. Um, and the way it's set up is it's all about token generation. Um, so we've got another creature in here. Ba-bam. We've got another Planeswalker in here. Ba-bam. So we've got our two main ways of getting tokens off this list. There's a third one we'll talk about briefly, but I want to highlight these guys first because here's our three drops and most likely to be coming on curve. Um, so size in here and we've, I think we've talked about him previously in older episodes, but if you're not familiar, he's a one four. And then whenever you cast an artifact spell, you can create a one, one colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying. So that at least makes flyers pretty relevant. Um, Sahili here, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you get to make a 1-1 servo. So very quickly able to kind of overrun the board with that. We've also got an enchantment that can help make creatures, which is our Mirrodin Besieged. So that is another way you can choose one, right? Most of the time you are going to be picking that Mirrodin because whenever you cast an artifact spell, you can create a 1-1 colors mirror artifact creature token. 
The other effect is there is the Phyrexian. The beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard a card. Then if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. In very specific situations, that is going to be relevant, right? If you're playing those grindy matchups, you are definitely going to be sitting there and considering, okay, hmm, I am throwing a bunch of cards in my graveyard anyway, right? I'm running 31 spells in this list, and pretty much all of them, with the exception of like six cards, well, I guess the, 10 cards, right? 10 cards, because we've got a new way to go off we'll talk about but t other than 10 cards so that's 21 cards that are artifacts that could be in my graveyard it is definitely a possibility as a win condition if things are grindy and goes that way um, but really we should be able to just overrun someone and it shouldn't have to come to that so let's talk about our combo to go with it all right paradoxal outcome for anyone that's familiar with the Cheerio deck in Modern, which runs Pure Steel Paladin, and it's all about having these zero-cost um, equipments, and you just kind of cycle them because you can be able to um, bounce all of your artifacts to your hand, and then recast them all and draw a bunch of cards, and then you just grape shot somebody and they die. So it's like a weird kind of combo-y storm type of deck. This is like that but you get to choose what artifacts return to your hand. So you can pick a bunch, return them to your hand, and you get to draw a card for each one returned this way. Now, it works really, really well because you're running things like Engineer, cost zero, Overflowing Chalice, cost zero, Beastures Mobble, it costs zero, Mox Amber, cost zero, Mox Opal, cost zero, and, oh, oh no, cost one. All right, we got a one cost here, guys. Um, on Astrolabe, of course, cost one. And Witching Well, cost one. But again, very easy to recast when you have Urza and all of your stuff can be able to tap for mana. So you can say, all right, I'll tap all these artifacts for a blue mana. Then I'll cast Paradoxal Outcome, return them all. And with that blue mana that I've got, right, I can be able to cast more things. So you can just kind of go. The other thing is, you have a combo. Jeskai Ascendancy. It's back. It is. Here, let's... Bam. Now, now I'm not hidden as much. You can see me a little bit better. So, Ascendancy is back. It's... When it first came out, people were trying to find a way to break it. Because why not? Combo cards are great. And it was all about having mana dorks. And being able to cast a bunch of spells. Untap your stuff. And just kind of go off like that um, but the first line is extremely relevant when you're going wide and making a bunch of 1-1 creatures right whenever you cast a non-creature spell creatures you control get plus one plus one until the end of the turn and you get to untap those creatures so if you have your mana rock creatures here right your thopters your mirrors, your servos, and you're tapping them for mana to be able to cast your spells, like your paradoxal outcome, and then you trigger your Jeskai Ascendancy. After you return all your stuff, you've cast it on a creature spell, you untap all of those artifact creatures that you've just had. Now you can tap them again for more mana, right? You can be able to get an insane amount of mana off of this. It makes all of them bigger. They all get plus one, plus one, and you get to bounce all those low-cost things that I was talking about. Right? All these zero-cost 
things that you have. And then you've got, of course, Emery still in here that you can cast those zero costs from your graveyard too. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you get to draw a card and discard a card. So you can cycle through things very, very quickly and just get a snowball and explode, right? There's only so much you can do when it's like, well, I have 40 1-1 creatures. Now, from cycling through all this and bouncing all these things and casting a million artifacts this turn, and they're all going to be 40-40s or what, you know, just kind of sentencing can get crazy out of hand. Now, you don't have trample, but you don't need trample when you have so many creatures they can't block. Right. The other thing is with Psy, he does make flyers. The other ones don't. So there is that relevancy in that regard. So it is a really tough one to deal with. Now, there are ways around it. Like when you think about it, okay, okay, there are artifact creatures. Right. I can be able to try to deal with that. You know, I have to make sure that I'm taking out the main baddie here, which is Urza. In all of these lists, Urza is still the main baddie. Okay. He's the one that we have to be worried about um, because he's the one that enables all of these decks by making artifacts be able to tap for mana. So we have to be careful about that. Now, this list is a little bit quicker in the ability to kind of assemble things. You know, not as combo-y in the regard of the last one where you're like, I need three cards to make this combo work. This one, because you can just constantly make one ones and blockers and stuff like that it can go slower in that regard it can deal with grindier matchups it doesn't just kind of falter it's all a bunch of zero cost stuff and easy to just sit there and draw a bunch of cards off things and it's it's scary to deal with right engineered explosives also nice for dealing with certain decks oh you're playing a bunch of creatures now they're all dead right so tough to deal with but a lot of this stuff are um, dealing with triggered abilities off of things. Um, Psy, Mirrodin, you know, Sahili, all that sort of stuff. So if you have ways to help deal with that, that could be able to help you. You know, you are trying to assemble a certain number of pieces. So having a way to kind of strip away those cards from people's hands can be relevant. You have to be careful though because Emory lets you play artifacts from your graveyard. So it's much harder to be able to attack this sort of style of deck compared to the other two versions. I think it will be one that people are going to adjust more and be able to kind of handle it a little bit better, but it is still hard. You know, the, the kind of combo decks, they're fast, they're in your face, hard to deal with. Um, Oko, the Thief of Crowns, is still in this list for the sideboard. Teferi in this list for the sideboard here. Um, you know, Weather the Storm, it's another one of our newer cards. Gain three life with Storm, seems pretty good. Uh, another newer card, Mystical Dispute, be able to uh, counter target spell, all right? Gal Blast, Sustainful Stroke, Ceremonious Rejection. So I think it's... Powerful stuff to go with. Let's get rid of these at this point. We're done. We're done with those. All right. So, there we go. There we go. Now we're back. Okay. So, the list, I've liked, to, I've liked the evolution that we've seen. Really, you've got to be worried about Urza. Urza is, our, is always that number one enemy with this sort of list. Um, 
it's hard to deal with Sai and Sahili and all the other stuff, but if you can keep Urza off the board, it works out really well. Um, there's a lot of kind of board wipe type effects that exist that can help you kind of stay the tide against these sort of go wind strategies. So just, you know, adjust your boards accordingly based on where you're at. Okay, so that's kind of it for the Urza stuff. It was kind of a little bit more fast, kind of in your face, because I was trying to highlight three different decks and not spending as much time talking about the nuances and ins and outs of the list. Just really, that's kind of more of highlighting. What is this deck? What is it trying to do? And that's really what we try to do here on our modern meta breakdown is talk about that sort of style. Um, we don't have as much of the deck tech stuff because I don't have all these lists. Um, on Magic Online to be able to show you matches. Um, so at least this way you can be able to get an idea for when you're sleeving up and going out to play. Uh, if you guys like this content, please consider hitting the follows, subscribes, all that kind of good stuff. You can see up in the corner up there, uh, there's links to all my other stuff, the Twitters, the Twitches, the YouTubes, all of the above. I'm going to be releasing more of these modern meta breakdown videos. Um, I'm not sure where this is in the release schedule, but um, some of the ones we've done, we've gotten Tron. Um, this is, of course, the Urza one. We're going to be talking about Jun. We're going to be talking about um, lots of different stuff. Now I'm blanking on it. The uh, Grixis Death Shadow list. We're going to be talking about the Devoted Druid list. We're going to be talking about more stuff. There's so many other decks that are happening in the modern meta that we're going to talk about. So, uh, again, if you like this stuff, guys, you know where to find out more of the information on this stuff. So, thanks again for tuning in watching, guys, and I'll catch you guys next game.